Greetings and welcome to Shnayim Mikra, the series sponsored by the Orthodox Union, hosted at OU.org, in which we investigate in each one of the series of podcasts one of the aliyot of this current week's parasha. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom, and I'm thrilled to be studying Parashat Kedoshim, a most seminal parasha, perhaps one of the three most central parashot from the perspective of halacha that we have in the Torah. And in this podcast, we'll look at the first aliyah, the introduction of Parashat Kedoshim, beginning at Perak Yotet, chapter 19 of the book of Ayikra, that will continue through Pasuk Yod Dalad, the first 14 psukim, through verse 14. Vadaber Adonai Moshe Limor. Okay, standard introduction. Daber al kol adat b'nei Yisrael. And now we've widened the circle. Because, of course, the first 16 chapters of Vayikra, as I mentioned in the podcast series on Achrimot, were directed towards the Kohanim. Perak Yodzai, in chapter 17, begins with the Kohanim, but emanates out. And Perak Yodchet is already to B'nai Yisrael, and refers specifically to the contamination of the camp that will happen via various uh, prohibited sexual liaisons and other behaviors they were typical of the Canaanite pagan practices. Now it's Daber al-Kol Adat B'nei Yisrael. Now this it is, as Rash says, Parsha Zu Nemra B'Hakel. This is something that's to be said to everybody. Kidoshim Tihiyu. This is now the mandate. You are to be holy. Why? Kikadosh Ani Adonai Loichem. You are to be holy, for I am holy. Now, this same notion was said slightly, with slightly different wording at the end of Parsha Shmini, at the summation of all of the prohibited um, uh, animals and creepy crawlies, etc. However, the critical difference is, there the focal point was still on the Mishkan and on Tumah Tahara, purity and impurity, chiefly to the Kohanim. This is to all of B'nai Israel, and it is Kedoshim to you. You shall be holy. It's a mandate. And here we have a very seminal Ramban, which is very, very worthwhile reading and very important to study in depth, uh, that discusses the mandate that the Torah gives to go beyond the letter of the law, to take the area of behavior which is not mandated by law, and to sanctify Hazekadesh Atzmacha B'mutarlach. And now we hear a series of laws. A man must fear his mother and his father. Chazal's famous drasha, that the typical psychology is that a man fears his father more, so therefore put the fear of mother first. This halachically translates into not sitting in their place, not interrupting them, etc. Why are these two things juxtaposed? Famous drasha, which Rashi quotes, that as much as you must honor your parents, if they tell you to violate Shabbat, you do not listen to them. Why? Because my uh, command uh, affects all of you. Uh, and they, both your parents and, and you, are duty-bound to me. Now, important to note, and I wrote this up in a in a uh, piece that's available at, uh, Mikra, uh, at the Mikra website, Torah.org, that um, uh, the Ani Hashem Elokechem refrain in this parsha seems to be a short version of Kedoshim to you, Ki Kadosh Adonai Loichem. It's an abbreviated version of it. 
And so that seems to be the summary at the end of, at this point, each one of the psukim. Later on it will become sets of psukim. You must not turn to the idols. You must not make any idols for yourself. So, so far, what have you heard about? Shabbat. Moraveim, Shabbat, Avodah And then, in the middle of these very, very cardinal and central laws, we suddenly hear something that seems to come out of left field. If you bring a Koran Shlamim, it must be brought properly, meaning to be accepted. Which means, It must be eaten on the day that you bring it, and the next day. If anything left over to the third day, this is Shlamim, must be burned up. If it's eaten on the third day, it's a Pigul. Now, the Torah already said he can't eat it on the third day, and called it Notar, so what's Pigul? Pigul is if when you do the Avodah, like Zrikat Adam, you intend that it be eaten outside of its time parameter, it's a Pigul. Anybody who eats it will bear their sin. They violated the sancta of God. What does this have to do with the big, very big picture? Well, we'll get a clue to this into the next piece. When you harvest your land, do not thin it, clear cut the corner, and don't pick up the gleanings. Don't pick up the gleanings from your vineyard. Or the individual, uh, grapes. And now we get the conclusion, So becomes then the literary marker for an end of a section. And this section is very long. It goes from Pasuk He all the way through Pasuk Yod. What is being discussed? So Shadal in his commentary points out that if you bring a korban to Yushalayim, and it could be a korban todah where you only have one day to eat it, and it's a huge animal, and you can't eat it any beyond that, what are you automatically going to do? You're going to invite other people to partake of your meal so that it be eaten. And therefore, the poor and other people who need will have an opportunity to eat, and you will have an opportunity to tell them why you bring the korban, what great thing God did for you, and thus to magnify God's name. So therefore, the component of tzedakah comes in at the very core of the principle of kudoshim to you, or the, the thesis of kudoshim to you. How do you become a holy nation? We have Morava Aim, Shabbat, Avodazarah, and right away Tzedakah as it plays out in Korbanot and as it plays out in harvesting the field. Then we move up the ladder to interpersonal relations, starting with a basic ethical system, Lotignovu, you're not allowed to burgle, Velotachachashu, to lie, which means lying in court, or to actually fool each other, to fraud. To lie to each other. So this is all one group, as you see. So that's one group. Do not swear by my name falsely, because there you will defile the name of Hashem. Why is it? Because when we take an oath, I heard this once, remember, from the Rav, when we take an oath in Hashem's name, we are associating the truth of our statement with the truth of Hashem's existence. By taking an oath and then lying, what we're doing is defiling God. Do not oppress your fellow. Do not steal from him. You're not allowed to hold on to the wages for a higher person 
until the morning. You have to pay him right away at the end of the day. You may not curse the deaf, meaning even somebody who's deaf, you may not curse. Do not put a stumbling block before the blind. Both uh, that second one is understood metaphorically, and perhaps only metaphorically, famous comment of the Minchat Chinuch. That means to trick somebody in something that they do not know, or to mislead somebody to do a wrong thing without their awareness. And here Rashi points out, why does it say, here you shall fear God? Because this is the sort of thing that only God will know. In other words, if you put a stomach block in front of the blind, or you curse a deaf man, nobody knows except God. And so therefore they add, have your shamayim so that you do not do these things. He will pause at this point and pick it up with the second Aliyah, Parashat Kedoshim, in the next podcast. In the meantime, everybody should have a wonderful day.